Hey, miserable bitches, we're back. In case you forgot who we were, my name is Cody. My name is Emily. And no, we're not dead. We're here and we're thriving. Yes, God. But before we get started in today's episode, be sure. I can't even remember the intro. Be Please. sure you leave your manners at the door, honey. Was that right? Yeah. It's your long lost friends. Hey. But we're here. I know you missed us. Actually, you know, we didn't even plan to do an episode, but when Brie posted that um, story and was like, I'm listening to y'all for comfort. I'm like, let's go ahead and crank one out. I know. We weren't going to come back until August, even though we didn't really let anyone know. I realized that too. I did put it in the bio of the Instagram though, like season two coming back in August. Yeah. I mean, Cody, we took a break really because it fit Cody's schedule. <laughs> yeah, it fit my schedule and Emily doesn't really br- produce episodes. So we kind of just <laughs> we kind of just have to go with what my schedule is like. But no, but also it's summer. We had done it every week since December of 2022. So like, and I had a lot of things going on. It's summer, so like vacation. Josh and I are opening up a Pilates studio. I got my veneers um yeah and then emily has some exciting news oh i had a lot of doctor's appointments i had been applying for a new job which i got yay congratulations i'll be working closer with cody which is exciting yes and then um, tell him the big news oh yeah literally big news (laughs) small news i'm getting a nose job so you'll never functionality nev- and cosmetic. You'll never have to hear her complain about the nose in any Only episodes. Only the muffin top. Which, if you have a muffin top and you love it, good. I don't love mine, and if I want to complain about it, I can. Yeah, go for it. Why don't you? Should we post pictures of it? We can <laughs> stand up. Let me take a photo. Show me. There she is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shut the hell up and sit down. I want my belly button pierced. I told you I've had mine since I was 18. Do you have any, any needles here? No, but I'll go with you. Want to do it tonight? No. You know what they do? They take this thing. No, I don't. They pull it out and they go. Well, if I've had my, you can sit down now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I've had my lip pierced, my nipples. Oh, it's the same as like a nipple clamp. Yeah. Wow. It does not hurt as bad as the nippy nips. Do you? Oh, yeah, you have yours. I, I forgot. love mine. Oh, my gosh, but mine, those hurt. Oh, my God. I get shit, like, hooked on them all the oh, time. Oh, me too. Like, this right here. Today in my berries class, it oh. did like that. Like, sorry, I'm showing Emily. I have, like, a tank top on, and it, like, got caught in it. And I was like, luckily, it doesn't hurt because I've had them for so long. But, um, like, aloofas get caught on it. One of mine, like, will get caught more than the other, and it'll have, like, a little tear and bleed. Oh, yeah. And then if, well, I can't say that because my sister listens to this. Okay, continue. (laughs) Speaking of your sister, I was dying laughing at her post where she was like. The air conditioning. The air conditioning. That Mari 
how old is Mari? Mari is three, my niece, and she's obsessed with air conditioners. And she goes in and she's like, do they have any AC units? Can you show me them? Yeah, she's like, can I see them? And then my sister has to draw them in their family pictures now. I saw that. It is so At least she knows weird. how to do that trick with the two. Um, oh, the cube? The cube, yeah, because that took me forever to learn how to do. Oh, yeah. Well, that's weird. When mine I was little. Was, oh, but mine was, well, I guess the triangle is the same way. A triangle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yes. can do it that way. But yeah, yeah, no, my niece is weird, but I love her to death. She's, she's a cutie patootie booty tootie. Besides Cody, she's my. She's your ride or die. Yeah. All right, guys and girls and theys and thems and everybody in between, we are going to kick off this episode with. Okay, so there's, there's a trend with Cody episodes. It's either. Horribly horrible or disgusting or and... backstabbing friends yeah so today we're gonna do backstabbing friends oh and if you want to be a patreon member yes i'm going to do a um since we didn't really record anything for pride month i am doing a transgender murder story Ooh. i mean that seems kind of sad that i'm like oh this transgender person was killed let's do this for pride month but but that's okay it's, also it's bringing like, awareness exactly um but yeah i didn't realize the story was the story but yeah it's interesting so yeah so if you want to be a patreon you can go to our instagram at misery manor podcast or you can just type in misery manor patreon in your google search engine and it'll pop right up honey and thank you again for all of you who continue to be patreons even during our hiatus is that what it's called yeah and Um, then we had some that were like a 20 dollar. yes rose shout out to rose oh my gosh thank you like and Leslie. You must be like an independently wealthy woman. <laughs> Why? I don't know. You're disgusting. I am sorry. Okay. It was the kale salad I just ate. Well, um, we got autumn farting, you burping. What do I, what is left for me to do? You do your, well, you could sneeze. <laughs> Anyways. I'm okay. Gonna... So we got friends or gruesome or both? uh not really gruesome i mean obviously it's a murder so it's kind of gruesome but it's not like the torture i mean there's torture in it but it's not like like on a scale of one to junko three okay okay so on this episode of misery manor we are going to talk about i like to call it the real life mean girls movie but obviously this case involves a horrific and brutal murder so West Virginia teens Sheila Eddy and Rachel Shove stabbed their best friend Skylar Niece to death on July 6, 2012. Oh, wow. Now, why, you might ask? This, that was like, what, the 11-year anniversary last week? Mm-hmm. They did it because they were tired of her and they didn't want to be her friend anymore. Yeah, this is a really unfortunate story. So just to let you all know, if you have any friends that you're tired of, just let them know, hey, our paths are going to be um, separating here soon. Don't kill them. Well, it's just like when you're in a relationship and said, just break up or divorce the person. Mm-hmm. Don't kill them. So in 2012, Skylar Niece was a 16-year-old honor student with a bright future ahead of her. She had hopes and dreams of becoming a criminal defense lawyer once she graduated. Skylar enjoyed reading, going to the mall, going to the movies, and had a very active social life that mainly included her best friends, Sheila and Rachel. But sadly, like I said, on July 6, 2012, Skylar snuck out of her bedroom window in Star City, West Virginia, to meet up with Sheila and Rachel for a night that she thought was just going to be them hanging out. But that was not the case. And they're in junior high? They're in high school. 
Oh, 16. Yeah. <clears throat> 16. So, unfortunately, Skylar never returned home. Crazy enough, Sheila and Rachel were able to get away with the murder for six months until a shocking revelation came out. So before we get into the horrific murder, let's talk about the trio and as always, just some background information on them and their friendship or lack thereof. Now, there was a friendship, though. I do I do want to say that I do believe that they were friends, but we're going to go over some twists and turns. Can I where... tell you something? What? One time I got in a fight with these girls in junior high and I was kind of being a mean girl, which is really sad and I am admitting it. But instead of calling our friendship a friendship, we called it a friendship. Friendship. I like that. So, yeah, there was definitely a French shit here. So, Skylar Niece, Sheila Eddy, and Rachel Shope attended University High School together mm. just north of Morgantown, West Virginia. Now, Morgantown was a quiet, very small, very peaceful city. So, basically, when this happened, it, like, shook the town. Oh, wow. So, Skylar had actually known Sheila since she was only eight years old. And Sheila had met Rachel their freshman year. So regardless of when the trio met, they hit it off immediately um, and they were inseparable to stay the least. So people often refer to them at school as the three musketeers. Oh, we had four girlfriends in high school and we were called the quad. The quad. So Skylar's father even said in an interview that when the three weren't hanging together, they were on the phone call together. Mm. Like whether the, you know how like me and you FaceTime, but we don't really say anything sometimes or yeah. you're just like there that they would do basically that too. Yeah. So Skylar was said to have had uh, served as an emotional support rock for the two girls as well. Which so one? Skylar. The wow. one that was being murdered. So it was much needed, not only because they, you know, are just like hormonal teens going through the ups and downs of high school, boy drama, you know, drama in general or et cetera, but both Sheila and Rachel had parents who had just recently divorced, and it was very emotional and traumatizing for the two girls. So Skylar was there to console them, and she was like their listening ear, their shoulder to cry on. Like, they would call her and be like, you know, I can't believe this is happening. And Skylar would just give them advice or just words Love, of encouragement. Support. So Sheila and Rachel were friends prior to meeting Skylar, correct? No, Skylar knew, um, Skylar and Sheila had known each other since they were eight. That's what it was. And then they met, they I became friends with Rachel their freshman year. See, that's what I always get mixed up, which is. You would think it would be the, exactly. the new one in the group. Yeah. Yes. So Skylar, however, was the only child and her parents wanted everything for her. They supported her. They encouraged her. They loved her so much and they wanted nothing but for her to achieve whatever she wanted in life, Skylar said that she was spoiled rotten. Um, so they nurtured her intelligence and they encouraged her to be her own person, whatever that was. They would let her, we're going to get into it, but Skylar goes through like a party phase and they were, you know, they would obviously give her words of advice, but let her figure out on her own what so route she's going to go. Aside from her friends she had the party route no with her with friends, her friends. Okay. yes so skylar's parents said quote every night when she went to bed she would go love you mom love you dad see you tomorrow i love that so when she when asked about skylar and sheila's relationship skylar's mother mary said quote skylar thought she could save her i would hear her on the phone giving sheila all kinds of hell don't be stupid what were you thinking 
On the other hand, Sheila was so much fun. She was always silly and doing crazy stuff. The three of them really loved each other. That was the mother? The mother, Skylar's mother. So although the two bickered at each other and often shared some tough love with each other, kind of like we do, normal Mm -hmm. friends, right? Uh, The two were open and honest with each other and truly cared about each other. um, So everybody thought. Well, and you're just more like... It's there's it's just so candid when you're that young, right? You know, to say stuff because like when you get older and in relationships, like sometimes you're like, well, I don't want to say that about their person or mm-hmm. like you know. But this, you're all going through a lot of like growing together, right? So Rachel, on the other hand, was the opposite of Sheila. Although she was well liked by her peers and teachers and enjoyed being in school plays, she came from a very strict Catholic family that had very many rules in place for their young daughter to follow. And her family is the one that her parents were getting divorced too. Mm -hmm. Because of this, she idolized Sheila for her somewhat wild and carefree attitude. Now, Rachel was in the school plays. She was always like, not captain of the school, but always had like the lead role. She was very popular. Um, I'll post photos on our Instagram of them, but they were just very, they were popular girls. They were cute. They were fun. People thought that they were just like fun to hang out with. Right. Were they like the it girls? Um, I couldn't find that out, but they were very popular. I wonder this might be really naive of me, but I wonder if like, cause you know, a lot of kids, like they were going through like broken home type situations mm-hmm. in high school. They were the ones that were able to like, you know, their parents are dealing with a lot. Obviously they are. So like their parents might not be as involved as they normally would. Right. Cause they're going through, you know, some life changing stuff. So like those were the kids that could like get you drugs. Yeah. And, like, oh yeah. And, and I know for Rachel with her parents, like she mainly hang out, hung out with this lady and I forgot her name, but this lady was like an aunt or like a family friend and Rachel would console in her as opposed to her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get in that later too. So while in high school, Sheila, Skylar, and Rachel eventually gained a rowdy reputation. Okay. The three of them often snuck out after curfew, went to parties, hung out with boys, drank, did drugs. Um, while the trio had many great moments together, not everything was always rainbows and butterflies as they got into this party scene. Okay. It triggered a bunch of fights, a bunch of jealousy. Um, it started to become clear that the trio was slowly but surely crashing and burning, and the fun-loving, caring, inseparable trio was falling apart. So thanks to the trio's many social media posts, good old social media, it ultimately became clear that Sheila, Skylar, and Rachel had underlying tension with each other, and instead of just talking to each other about it, they took to social media to voice their opinions. You remember those days, like the sublineal message, like, no, I didn't do shit like that. Oh, I would post like how, you know, very dramatic, like, or like song lyrics. Yes. Like if you only knew like shit like that. <laughs> so Would any of them ever be to Michelle? No, well, I don't it was know. mainly like me, like trying to voice like that you were gay. Yeah. But say it's sub- like not sublin like. I don't know how to you explain it. You just post like Madonna lyrics. Or <laughs> share. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Skylar niece, the victim in this case, tweeted things like, quote, you're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. Oh. Another tweet she posted said, quote, too bad my friends are having lives without me. Tweet? This was back. She would tweet Twitter. Because, see, I remember when this happened. So, yeah, it really wasn't that long ago. No. So it appeared to Skylar as though Sheila and Rachel were becoming closer friends and leaving her Mm. out of things. 
this upset her tremendously. She would cry to her parents. She would cry to her other friends. She didn't understand why she was being left out. Because if you remember, she was friends with Sheila first. She's known her since she was eight. And then Rachel yeah. comes in and kind of takes it apart. Well, so, but was that really like her intention or did it just happen naturally? I think it just happened. Why am I defending the murderer? Keep going. So Rachel and Sheila would even wear matching clothes to school huh. and not tell Skylar hmm. and just leave her out of things. Or they would like go to a party and be like, oh, you know, like we went to this party last night and Skylar was like, why didn't y'all invite me? Or, you know, like just leaving her out of things. The matchy clothes is a little weird. <laughs> you literally just bought us matching clothes. No, but I'm saying like to show up to school and be like, where's yours? It reminds me of Mean Girls. How uh, oh. on, when, on Wednesdays we wear pink, you know? Yeah. My favorite part of that is when she cuts the holes in the The bra the or the titties. The <laughs> I know. So the sudden switch in the dynamic amongst the three was shocking to the students at their high school because they're so used to these girls being together all day, every day, not fighting. And then obviously they're seeing more and more come out at school. So Daniel Hovatir, a classmate at their high school, said, quote, Sheila and Skylar were fighting a lot. One time sophomore year, me and Rachel were at practice for Pride and the Prejudice which is a play. And Rachel had her phone up to her ear and she was laughing. She was like, listen to this. Sheila and Skylar were fighting, but Skylar didn't know Sheila had put her on a three-way call. And Rachel was listening to everything while they were talking, while she was talking shit about her. I remember we used to do that. I mean, I remember we'd be like, Oh, we're going to three-way her. And I'd be like, so what did, what did you think of so-and-so? Like, why would she do that? And she's like, such a bitch. And I'm like, well, she's on the call. (laughs) Oh, Cody, you would ambush people? I would. I'm a changed man now. On July 4th, 2012, two days before she was murdered, Skylar tweeted, quote, it really doesn't take much to piss me off. And then she put, quote, sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. I love hanging out with y'all, too. The day before Skylar was killed, she tweeted, quote, you doing shit like this is why I will never completely trust you. So Mm -hmm. Skylar's last tweet sent hours before she snuck out of her bedroom window was a retweet from a friend and posted, quote, all I do is hope. So this scenario was something straight out of Mean Girls, but unlike the iconic movie, things were about to take a dark turn. The next day, on July 7th, David Neese, the father, knocked on Skylar's door to lend her the family car. Okay. So strangely enough, there was no answer. So he proceeded to try and open the door and noticed that the door had been locked. So thinking perhaps Skylar had just like slept in, Dave, David was like, and apparently she was a hard sleeper. So he was like knocking on the door and like worried. And he wasn't trying to invade her privacy, but he picked the lock using like a coat yeah. hanger and was like, oh my God, I need to check on her. And when he entered the room, she was nowhere to be found. Oh my God, so that's... he didn't panic because remember she has that party girl and she would sneak out. Yeah. And but instead, it's your kid, right. So... And instead he picked up the phone and called his wife. However, Mary was not surprised by Skylar's disappearance and assumed she was likely like at a party or just like shopping with friends and just didn't tell anybody. So a childhood friend of Skylar named Morgan mentioned later in an interview that Skylar had previously snuck out in the middle of the night. So it was not unlikely that this was the case once again. Okay. So they were just like, uh, that damn Skylar, she probably snuck out. She's probably with her friends. You know, she'll come home. Yeah, but. 
So while out in the garden, a short while later, David noticed that Skylar's bedroom window was wide open and that there was a, a small footstool underneath it. So okay. at that point, David concluded that she had snuck out and she was intending on returning back home to use the footstool as a boost back up into her room. Okay. And just so you know, Skylar is very little. Like she's probably 5'3". She's tiny, tiny, tiny. Not that that matters, but just Well, no, but it kind of does when you have two people murdering you. Right. So David called his wife again to tell her what he had discovered and his voice and voiced his concerns. But Mary reassured him saying like, oh, don't worry, honey, she will be back home. She has work later and you know she never misses a shift. So, however, six hours later at 4 p.m., the family got a call from Skylar's employer at Wendy's. She worked part time at mm -hmm. Wendy's and they were like, hello, like we're calling to see if Skylar was going to make it into her shift. She hasn't shown up yet. Like it's not like her to not call in or at least let us know that she's going to be late. She's not here. Which like that would alert me because the girls had cell phones. Right. So, like, you know, they would have called her cell phone first. Exactly. And so Skylar was known to never miss a shift. So instantly this alerted the parents who decided, okay, now we need to call the police. Could you imagine that feeling? I know. So they called the police. So star city police units were assigned to the case and searched her bedroom for clues of Skylar's whereabouts. So the first thing the police noticed was the abundance of personal items left into the room. Um, so she had her charger, her contact lenses, her toothbrush, all of her clothing, her bags, all of that. So this led them to believe that she planned on coming back and that she did not run away. Right. right. Um, while the police were searching her bedroom, Sheila Eddy called the nieces sobbing. Mary said, quote, she proceeded to tell me that her, Skylar, and Rachel had snuck out the night before and they had driven around Star City. They were getting high and that the two of the girls dropped her back off at the house. So Mary said in an interview, quote, the story was that they dropped her off at the end of the road because they didn't want to wake us up sneaking back in. Okay. So later that day, Sheila actually came to the niece's house. And she was anxious and she and they comforted her. She was bawling and she was like, can I please just sit on her bed and just take like, I want to feel her like, I just, I just want to be in her room. And which she, one is this? Sheila? Sheila, the one that she'd been friends yeah. with since eight. And of course the mother was like, of course, baby, like, let's go sit in there. And she just rubbed her back and she was just crying. Like, I miss her. Like, she needs to come back home. I don't know what happened. So Sheila claimed that she and Rachel had picked up Skylar at 11 p.m. Okay. dropped her back off not even an hour later just before midnight but sheila and rachel did not quite think about this alibi thoroughly because the surveillance video said otherwise that they found <gasps> so there was grainy footage showing skylar leaving her family's apartment at 12 30. i do 11, remember this not 11 and then the car pulling away at 12 35 and then it never came back <laughs> so police um, Sheila and the family reviewed that footage that had been retrieved from the parking lot behind the house and Sheila denied it being her car and suggested the driver may have been a secret boyfriend. And she was like, oh, you know, Skylar talked to a lot of boys. I think maybe one of them had picked her up. I know she was dealing with a bunch of them. Like, you know, she had snuck out the night before. Like, what makes you think, you know, like all this stuff and the the footage is super grainy like yeah. you can't even look Make at, out the car and it's black and white like you can't really see anything um so with only this grainy picture to go off of the police were unable to trace it they couldn't yeah. even see the license plate okay 
and could only conclude that it belonged to somebody Skylar knew because again, it looked like she was willing to get in that car with no issue. Right. Mm -hmm. So as a result of this finding, the police then refused to issue an Amber alert for a missing teen because they didn't think she was missing. So in star city at the time, these alerts were not used for missing children thought to be runaways or those who generally generally left out or left on their own accord. So okay. because they thought, okay, well, she was getting in this car willingly. She's not missing. Right. But yeah, she's still a teen but, like a, and I, she's missing. But okay. Then where does the whole thing go where it's like, if you're, if something bad happens to you or if you're murdered, it's most likely someone that you know. Right. Like that's so common for someone to take advantage of someone that way. So, so remember you... this though, because we're going to get back to that later because the family was able to change this law. Okay. Okay. So to play into the facade of a worried friend, Sheila and her mother helped to canvas the neighborhood for Skylar on July 7th, searching high and low, posting photos on telephone poles, knocking on the neighbor's doors. Like, have you seen Skylar? When was the last time you saw her? Cause they lived in an apartment complex. Skylar's cousin stated, quote, Skylar has a lot of friends and it is in very big in the social networks, but she has not been online since she disappeared. There was no bank activity and her cell phone had not been turned on. So meanwhile, Rachel was off to Catholic summer camp for two weeks. Jeez. So rumors started to circulate that Skylar went to a house party and overdosed on heroin and the people present freaked out and got rid of the body. So that and how long has this been a uh, tw 24 hours? Yeah. So this is just, you know, typical high school and this is a small town. Um, so people know that she parties. So she's that, like, I should probably just overdose yeah, on heroin is what they said. Heroin. <laughs> heroin. So Corporal Corporal Ronnie Gaskins, one of the investigators on the case, said that the people told him that Skylar attended a party and died. And these people are telling him this story. Classmates. Classmates. He said, um, that he was told, quote, people there panicked and they disposed her body. However, the police and investigators were not buying it. So Star City police officer Jessica Colbanks, which if you've seen the 2020 episode, she's kind of like a bad ass, like very cutthroat. That name is pretty. Yeah. So she was like, no, I'm not buying it because she said, quote, their stories were verbatim, word for word. No one's story is exactly the same unless it is rehearsed. Everything in my gut was saying, Sheila is acting wrong and Rachel is just scared of death. Scared I mean, to that's, death. That's not just like a saying or just how it goes. Think about it. If you have a huge group of people, like you're all seeing things from different sides and mm -hmm. from different, like no one's story really could be like verbatim the same. Right. Exactly. Because you, you saw a different side of it than I did. something a little differently or you might not know her that well and like it might just you might interpret things differently. Yeah, she said it was word for word. Yeah. And no. she's so funny because, you know, Rachel was an actress and she was like, honey, you're putting on a show. You're an actress, remember? So this is all an act. And she was like telling her that. Like, I was like, yes, bitch, get her. So Chris Berry, a state trooper assigned to the case in August of 2012, always believed that any murder could not cover up what they had done for very long and that they would like crack or start to tell people little by little honestly a 16 year old too like, right in some cases chris berry had even seen the murders even brag about what they've done so he's like it's only a matter of time before they why did you just wink at me i didn't you were like bragged at what they had done i don't think i did 
So something about Rachel and Sheila gave him a very bad feeling. He believed that the two would confess to murder sooner or later. However, Chris was not just going to stand by and wait for that day. Instead, Chris took matters into his own hands to speed some things up a bit. So he created a fake online persona as an attractive teenage boy who attended West Virginia University High School in Morgantown. And he made a Facebook, he made a Twitter, and he linked up with Rachel and Sheila. So the investigators could then use his account to gain some insight on their mental states at the time, what they were posting, what they were saying, what they were doing, and kind of get an idea um, to put some, to make their story not make sense, right? But it makes, but that is smart because like they're older, they could buy them alcohol. Right. And they're party girls. Yeah. So investigators observed that Sheila was perky on social media while Rachel was reserved and very quiet. A big I put big blue. Oh, a big break in this investigation (laughs) was that neither one of the girls hinted that they were upset, sad, or worried about their best friend's disappearance. So you would think, like, if I died, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, you know. It would just be a memorial page. But they never said anything at all. How are you perky? Like, perky, like, oh, my God, I'm going to the mall today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, she was just posting. This is Sheila. Sheila. The one that went and cried in the bed. Okay. Yes. So, um, so in fact, Sheila tweeted about the mundane things that she was like eating, what she was watching, what she was wearing. And she even posted a photo of Rachel and her together, but never said anything about Skylar, which investigators were like, boom, if you were best friends with her, you would be sad. You would be worried. You'd be wanting to post. You post everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So Sheila's first tweet on July 7th, which is the day she was murdered. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so she posted, a, uh, the day after the murder, she posted something on Twitter just saying happy birthday to one of her friends. And that's it. However, some posts they came across were just odd. So there was one on November 5th that said, quote, no one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. And if you think you can, you're wrong. Okay. So before too long, Sheila and Rachel began hearing things on social media that made them nervous. Some people on Twitter outright accused them of having oh. committing the murder. Um, and they knew it was only a matter of time before they get caught. Yep. Classmates, friends, people that didn't, that just heard about Skylar missing. They were like tweeting, like, you know what happened? You did it. You know, like just like attacking Shit. them. So meanwhile, Authorities continually brought Sheila and Rachel in for interviews. Over time, the two became more secluded from their other friends and just had each other. That's it. Then a breakthrough in the case happened when they realized that the car that Skylar got into was Sheila's. So a step further, authorities also cross-referenced surveillance footage from a nearby business the night of. Skylar went missing and it was more clear and they picked up that it was um, Sheila's car. Could they see three bodies in there? Yes. And they could see the license plate clearly. And it was at a convenience store in West Virginia, which is west of Star City. However, both Sheila and Rachel had told the investigators that they drove east that night. So they were like, boom, you said you drove. I would have never been able to be like, I'm going north, south, or west. Well, their location that they were going was east. But it showed that they were west. Also, they didn't turn off their, or their cell phones were pinging that they were leaving. So they had those two. So now they're like backed in a corner. So they were caught in a lie. But while the evidence continued to point to Skylar's best friends as her killers, the cops didn't have enough to charge them to make an arrest. Now, it would take a confession to finally close this case. 
The stress and strain of concealing their crime continued to take its toll on Rachel and Sheila, and it would be just a matter of time before they cracked. Now, on December 28, 2012, a frantic parent called 911. The parent told the dispatcher, quote, I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's hitting us. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood crazy. The caller was Rachel's mother, Patricia. In the background of the call, Rachel could be here crying uncontrollably, saying, Give me the phone. No, no, this is over. It's all over. That's what she was saying. So while the chaos continued in the background, Patricia, Rachel's mother, said, quote, my husband's trying to contain her. Please hurry. Now, Rachel Schof was pretty much bursting at the seams and could not keep the secret any longer. Soon, she told them the horrific, horrific truth about Skylar's murder and what went on that horrible night. Now, they bring her into the confession room. And the first thing she says was, we stabbed her. That's the first thing. They didn't even ask her a question. She said, we stabbed her. And as she continued talking, the grim truth about this case came more and more clear. So Rachel told investigators that she and Sheila had planned the murder a month in advance. It all started one day while they were in science class, and they agreed that they should just kill her and get rid of her for good. I'm sorry. Not the science. I, I, they were at school, and they were like, hey, should we kill her? Do you and, think they were, like, texting it or those little, like, football notes? No, they were probably send? just talking. Oh, Okay. So when the two girls picked Skylar up, oh, wait, sorry. So they planned on carrying out the murder just before Rachel left for summer camp. Rachel told them that on the night of the murder, Rachel grabbed a shovel from her dad's house and Sheila took two knives from her mom's kitchen. They also took with them cleaning supplies and a change of clothes in case things got a little messy. So when the two girls picked Skylar up, Skylar had just assumed that they were going to be driving around, having fun, maybe popping in at a party um, and just like getting high. Previously, the trio had driven to a town called Brave, which is just over the state line of Pennsylvania, to get high together. Okay. Although it was scorching hot outside around this time, Rachel and Sheila wore hoodies to conceal the fact that they were hiding knives under their like belt. Oh my god. So unaware that they were why they were wearing hoodies, it didn't actually bother Skylar. She didn't ask. You know? I would have been like, bitch, why are you wearing a hoodie? It's fucking like 100 degrees outside in July. Well, like, and not only that, like, every time I see my friends like that, like, we usually, like, hug or, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, right. I would. But they just hopped in the car. Skylar did, at least. So once near the woods of Pennsylvania, uh, where Skylar thought they were going to smoke, it was like their typical in these woods just to smoke. The two girls got out and they were behind their victim and they were like, oh, Skylar, can you go get a lighter? We forgot the lighter. So Skylar was like, sure. So she gets up to go get it out of the car. And then Rachel said she looked at Sheila and said, on three, one, two, three. And Skylar turned around like, what are, what are you talking about? What are you doing? And they both ran towards her. Um, but it was too late for her to do anything. They pounced on top of Skylar and she didn't try to run because she didn't know what the hell they were doing, you know? Yeah. They pounced on her and they attacked her. Rachel said that at one point during the attack, Skylar actually got away and she was running, but they had stabbed her in the knee so bad that she couldn't run very far. Oh and she ended up tripping and falling and collapsing in pain. So that's horrifying. This is really sad too. So in self-defense, Skylar grabbed one of the knives from Rachel and stabbed her, Rachel in the ankle. 
at which point Rachel screamed and stopped the attack altogether because it hurt. But Sheila stabbed Skylar over 50 times. Fucking A. Sheila? Sheila, the friend since she was eight. While being attacked, Skylar asked Sheila and Rachel, quote, why? Why are you doing this to me? You're hurting me. Rachel said that in Skylar's last dying breaths, after being stabbed over dozens and dozens of times when she was dying, she the last thing she said was, why? Like, why are you doing Where this? Where were they stabbing her? All, all over. over. Oh, all over. So after Rachel and Sheila were sure that Skylar was dead, they attempted to bur- bury her body with the shovel that they had brought, but they said the ground was too hard. So they just uh, uh, threw tree branches and like twigs and rocks over her. And it was literally seven steps away from the road. So like, what the fuck? Well, cause she was running too. So I'm sure they had gone back deeper and she was running. So yeah, but you would think that they would like, Oh, it was in clear sight for anybody happening. Right. So authorities asked Rachel, okay. So she asked why the whole time. So why did she fucking do it? So she told them. Oh, she's telling them the she whole story. She told them that yep. she was like s- screaming, why? Yep. Mm-hmm. This is all <sighs> her story. So they said, Rachel, why did you do this to her? And she said, quote, we didn't like her. We didn't want to be friends with her anymore. Baby, then just tell her. So in early January 2013, Rachel took investigators to the rural woods where Sheila and her had killed Skylar. However, at this time, it was covered in snow, and she didn't exactly remember the location. She was like, oh, can't really remember, but I think it was somewhere over here. Oh, my God. So they couldn't initially find the body, but due to Rachel's detailed confession, sooner or later, they did find the murder, and they charged her with murder. So then the authorities finally had a break a week later when they found the 16-year-old's body nearly unidentifiable. Well, yeah, because it's been... Well... It had been six months and she was just stabbed to a pulp well and then the fact that they killed her in the heat right and then exactly so it would not be until march 13th that a crime lab would officially confirm that the body was that of skylar so the court transcripts indicates that other students actually overheard the conversations between rachel and sheila about the murder plot but they didn't report it because they were like "Uh, those were girls were just full of jokes and full of laughs like we didn't really think anything of it so during her trial, Rachel expressed remorse and apologized to the nieces, um, her own family, and God during her sentencing. Now, <laughs> Sheila still pretending like she had nothing to do with it. Because remember, Rachel's the only one that confessed. Sheila hasn't been really tied to this yet as far as saying it herself. Yeah. So she pretended to be devastated over the news now that they had found the body and she tweeted quote rest easy skylar you'll always be my best friend i miss you more than you could ever know and then she put like a photo montage of her and skylar together in the words that said quote this is the worst day of my life what were the song what's what what was the song she used i don't think she i don't know if twitter you can do that oh. it was just like a photo collage of them however this is where it gets fucking weird so she posts that right and then she posts quote I wonder if there's an SVU Law and Order episode where somebody does get away with murder. And then she posted, quote, tweet, a tweet that says, quote, we really did go on three. What? So, like, what the fuck? She's how, post- much, how much longer after the first the montage? That day. She's posting all of this. She's mentally unstable. Right. So, but she's still pretending like she has nothing to do with it. 
So investigators then finally matched blood samples in Sheila's trunk to Skylar's DNA, and Sheila was arrested on March 1st in a Cracker Barrel parking lot. Ah! <laughs> she they even said she had chicken fried steak still no, on her she lips. Didn't. Yes. Were they shiny? No. They had mac great. and cheese. So she was charged with first degree murder and she pled guilty in January of 2014. So she received a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 15 years. Rachel, guilty of second degree murder, received a 30 year sentence. I guess she had a deal. They, because she came out, but they also tried Sheila as an adult. So David Neese, Skylar Neese's dad, said that those two girls did not deserve leniency from the courts. Quote, they're both sickos and they're both exactly where they need to be, away from civilization, locked up like animals because they are what? Animals themselves. Um, were they tried together? Separately. Oh, okay. Because so, I didn't know, if, can a minor and adult be tried together? Well, so remember she waited until like a year, so she had already turned oh. 17. So Rachel further expressed remorse in her May 2023, which just happened, parole hearing and finally gave a motive to the crime, <gasps> which this is bullshit. I think she just wants to cover this up. This is Sheila. This is, this is Rachel. Oh, Rachel. This. Sorry, so, I keep forgetting. She said that her and Sheila were in a lesbian relationship and this caused tension between the couple and Skylar. It was further claimed that the girls were afraid she might go to public with their relationship and it scared them so skylar's parents did not buy that though mary said quote skylar had a lot of gay friends a lot of lesbian friends she didn't care if they were black purple yellow green it didn't bother her at all so she didn't understand why what what were they scared about you know yeah skylar she didn't was care. basically saying that's not true and they did find a journal of skylar's where she had wrote some stuff like Nothing saying about a relationship, but she did hint that the two had hooked up Skylar or I'm sorry, Sheila and Rachel and that Skylar was in the room because it was over a sleepover and that she mm -hmm. did witness it. Um, and I do think she did threaten sometimes like, you know, I have a secret and I can, you know, just typical high school, like petty shit. Um, but regardless of what happened, people were like, no, these two did it because they're evil bitches, you know? Yeah. So Skylar told the parole board that she was just young. I'm sorry. Rachel told the parole board that she was just young and dumb and that she is changed now and she shouldn't be here. However, Skylar's mother said five-year-olds know not to murder. Okay. So yeah, young I mean, and dumb. good for you if you are changed, but sorry, you still have to pay for, I right. mean, Skylar and all of her family and friends have to pay for this for the rest of their lives. Right. So during the parole hearing, Skylar's family was hopeful that the parole board would not set Rachel free. And luckily for them, she was denied parole and remains incarcerated. Sheila won't be up for parole until 2028. But they're in the same prison together. What? Yeah. Not in the same cell, but they are in the same prison. Well, you know, they probably see each other. Oh, baby. I'm going to show you their mugshots. Glam gorgeous they have a uh, glitter eyeshadow somehow she has highlights in her hair like sheila has blonde highlights in her hair i'm like baby yeah, did... when she was arrested she probably had them. no this is when they're 23 years old so what six years oh, later you can buy, like, oh i think like you that, can like, commissary if stuff, you're good yeah. yeah or you know they got all those like if you put lemon in your hair and stuff oh, yeah, but i'll show you the picture they're like glammed up um it's weird. So to this day, Skylar's father visits the tree in the woods in Pennsylvania, decorated with photos of his only child, his beloved daughter. Oh my God. Um, 
they the family actually had to move away because them just being in that small city reminded them constantly but he does drive over to see the tree every once in a while and that he, makes me want to throw up. And he said, quote, I wanted to take the horrible thing that happened here and try to turn it into something good, a place that people can come and remember Skylar and remember the good little girl that she was and not the little beast that they treated her like. Um, and it's really so in the interview, he went up to the tree and people like leave notes for Skylar. So he was reading them and it was so, so sad. So some good came from this. So the niece family helped to pass Schuyler's law, which requires that the state issue an Amber Alert for all missing children, even those not believed to be kidnapped. Although that may not have saved Schuyler's life because she was killed before her parents realized she was missing, this new system in West Virginia may save some more lives through, um, you know, whatever situation happens. Right, right, right. And that is the case of Schuyler niece. Rest in peace, so that sad. Is, oh my god! And I'm gonna post photos of all these, all these people on our Instagram at Misery Manor Podcast. But yeah, and if you want to watch the 2020, so it is season 30, episode 44. Okay. And it's really good, and I think it's called like I don't even know, like Fatal it's Friendship of, or something like okay. that. It's one of the newer ones. I'm sure there's a no. It's one. not a new. It's oh. from 2014. Okay. Um, cause they're on episode, they're on season like 45 right now. So this oh, is season okay. 30, but you can watch it on for free. If you know, it's like on ABC for free. Oh, okay. I thought 2020 was on Hulu. It is on Hulu, but only seasons 40 season, okay. through 45. But yeah, okay. so that is the case. So oh, we're back. If you have any, um, recommendations on other stories you want us to do, please send them our way. And also please remember to rate, review, subscribe. We do read them. We do love them. If you're nice. If you have something mean to say, um, just stop listening. Yeah. Don't let it. Yeah. Because they never say anything mean about you. Just shut up. They do. Remember that one lady did. She was like, I talk too fast. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you. Kisses. Mwah. I have to pee.